this work, I'm leaving tomorrow. Recovery in progress. This word that we have this morning is actually a word for overcomers. Well, don't tune me out because I'm going to ask you another question. Will you be an overcomer? Well, you should stand with your spirit and give a strong amen. As we enjoy during the Lord's table, we have the overcoming one in us. We enjoy him, right? We're one with him. But this word really is a word for overcomers. To overcome a situation among us that is a little stagnant as far as life and as far as increase. And that's not my word. That's Brother Lee's word. I just got a text or an email, I guess it was, uh, just the other day from a former trainee. He's in a locality serving. I may have mentioned this earlier this weekend. He said he's very concerned. He's been listening to some of these Jackson messages or Percy Quinn. And he said he's very concerned about the stagnation in the churches. I'm not suggesting that you all here are stagnant, but apparently this brother who lives in an area where there's a lot of churches has observed stagnation. What is that? No flow. No flow. You know, in the Bible, the spirit is signified by the flowing river. It's moving. You know, one thing about the river, you can't capture and say, I've got the, uh, this is the river. You know, if you do that, the, you know, the flow is half a mile down. And this is God. He's moving. He's always fresh. But stagnation is like a pool. Right? There's no movement. And there are a lot of negative things that go along with a pool. I'm not talking about a swimming pool. You know, the Dead Sea is a pool. You know, water comes in, but it doesn't go out. So it's stagnant. And what a shame to the Lord that the churches in the Lord's recovery would be in a condition. They're still the churches, praise the Lord. We're not going to move. We're not going to fly to Mars. We're in the churches, praise the Lord. But our hope is that in the churches, there would be Zion. There would be a Zion. And that is the overcomers. And these are the ones that overcome the stagnation, overcome the pool and the mentality that goes along with the pool. And overcome 
to exercise their spirit, joining together to bring in the flow. And if they are blocked up, these ones, they will go directly to the Lord. It's no need, there's no need for you to go and see, you know, this one or this one. You need to go directly to your Lord. If you feel you are blocked up and you need in his presence and under his direction to cooperate with him, to dig. Some of us are really blocked up. You know, I told the story, I just talked just the other day about the Philistines that filled up Abraham's well. And it's interesting that the Philistines, I know I've shared this before, the Philistines typify religious things, worldly things, natural things. And saints, if you consider when we get saved, we come into the Lord's recovery. You know, we're like a we're like a well that is gushing. And when you get recovered, you're like a well that is gushing. It's like Jameson. Where's Jameson? Okay. Right? He got recovered. He got clogged up by some things. But by the Lord's mercy, by the Lord's grace, you know, I'm sure he did some digging. And, uh, you know, we have this hymn, Life Can Flow. Praise the Lord. Life can flow. From the fountain in my heart, life can flow. So the problem with your spirit. The problem is in your heart. You know, the spirit is the hidden man of the heart. In order for it to flow out fully and richly, the heart needs to uh, pave the way, not get in the way. So our digging is very necessary. I feel especially today uh, in the Lord's recovery, we need to have some digging. I would have to be talking this way if we were all dug out. We would be... We would be proceeding down the road of the Lord's recovery, and instead of fearing the Lord's return, we would welcome it. But as it is, saints, um, we may need to do some digging. And I, I really appreciate that, uh, uh, you know, when we accumulate a lot of things, which perhaps we have done, for the years, uh, it's not that there's no water coming out. You can't say, well, there's no, no water. There might be a trickle. It may be reduced to a trickle. There, Yes, there still is some water coming out by the Lord's person, but it may be reduced to a trickle. So we have some good songs, dig away, dig away, dig away. Uh, spring up well with water. Dig thou, Lord, completely. Dig away all the barriers. 
till thy life flow through me. Saints, can you imagine that if all of us were dugouts, <laughs> when we all, and you know, we are flowing because we're all like a well. We're all like a well. Yeah. When we come together, you know, each one of us all dug out, flowing. My goodness, that's a lot of dug out wells. And together, they will equal a great, mighty river. I mean it. I've been in that situation, you know, in an earlier part of the Lord's recovery in this country. And it was like a river. And I must say, I got a of it, a taste of it here this weekend, especially with your singing. Oh, the singing has been very good. Even that hymn that we never, probably never sung before. I told the brothers, if there's a problem with that, my fault. But my goodness, even that hymn, <laughs> never sang it before. You know, but oh, ah. well, the Lord's recovery is to recover us to that, right? This brother that wrote me, he said, I'd like to fellowship with you a little. I'm very uh, bothered, concerned uh, about the stagnation that he had observed uh, in the Lord's recovery. Sorry to say this. So when I go back, I'll have some fellowship with him and uh, we'll help one another. Well, our cooperation with God's operation is urgently needed to end this age. I hope uh, by this point, we appreciate that overall title a little bit more, right? It's urgently needed. We're at the end of the age. You know, we don't know how much time we have. Something could happen, you know, in the world situation, and oh, the whole thing changes. And we're not so free. Maybe that's what the Lord will do to get some overcoming. I'd rather see the Lord gain the overcomers, uh, you know, as ones that willingly, willingly, freely, offer themselves to the Lord rather than, you know, the circumstances come in and kind of wring it out of you. Still, I mean, the Lord will get it one way or the other. He'll get a few. How many there will be, only he knows. But we need uh, a sense of urgency. You know, this kind of, uh, you know, just laissez-faire attitude among us. We shouldn't be that way. You know, I remember the story of Emmy Barber. She was walking with Watchman Nee. You know, she helped uh, our brother. And uh, I remember one story. Uh, they were talking about the Lord's coming back. And she said, he might be right around the corner as we're walking. This is the kind of, of uh, you know, expectation, uh, kind of urgency, really, that she had in her life, which was 
passed on to Brother Nee and Brother Lee, who passed it on to whosoever will. Oh, it is urgently needed to end this age. Oh, what an age this is. What a mess. I'm sorry to say, you know, what a mess. I mean, I'm not political. I'm not, I don't want to be political, but even in this country, you know, the things that come out of the White House, sorry to say this, are just astounding. I mean, they're talking now about a new currency or whatever. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not for the Democrats. I'm not for the Republicans. I'm for Jesus. You know, the government needs to be on his shoulder. But you see, I think that even if the Republicans were in power, maybe, you know, there would be some, the same kind of thing. Oh, saints, is it going to improve? <laughs> no. I, you know, Paul said, evil men will, will grow worse and worse. It's not going to get better. Our hope is not in this world and in this age. Our hope is for the end of this age. And our cooperation should be to end this age. That's on the negative side. On the positive side, to bring in the Lord and his kingdom. To bring the king back. Bring the king back. Yeah. Right? And of course, to do that, the Lord needs the overcomers. What will the overcomers do? You tell me. Well, that's right. That's part of it. But that is for what? The building up of the body. And you know, saints, actually, the whole church should do that. Am I right? But the fact of the matter is, and the fact of the matter was in the Old Testament, that not everyone will go. There was only a remnant in the Old Testament that made the decision to go. Maybe some of them had the understanding that the temple needed to be rebuilt for the Messiah to come, at least the first time, right? So regardless of their condition, they made the decision, we will go back. We will go back. Praise the Lord. And, you know, it, it's the same thing today. You know, the whole church should rise up. Am I right? But the fact of the matter is, and by the church, I don't merely mean the Lord's recovery. I mean, there's a lot of Christians. They are the, the church universally. We have chosen to follow the Lord's leading uh, and the light of the New Testament to have the local expression of the church. 
Aren't you glad? Hallelujah. So good to be here with the churches, right? Really, all of the saints and all of the churches should rise up to cooperate with God. To end this age, right? By what? Participating in the building up of the body. As it turns out, just listening to messages, Brother Lee found out, won't do it. That doesn't mean stop giving the messages. No, together with the messages, we need something more. We need, we, you know, there's always two sides. Am I right, saints? There's teaching and that there's practice. There's come and there's go. <laughs> there's always two sides. We like the come and we like the teaching. We don't so much like the go and the practice. But what the Lord likes, I can boldly say, in these days, the Lord would like the practice together with the teaching. You following me? Am I being too much? I could stop right now. Right. So the, the whole church really should rise up. But if they don't, there needs to be some who do. And just like in the Old Testament, that group, and they weren't that great, that left Babylon to go back to do the work. So today, there needs to be some, a remnant, <laughs> you know, that will cooperate with God. What does God want to do? He want, in the Old Testament, he wanted to build up the temple. <laughs> You know, the Lord, whatever he wants. You know, if he wanted the temple, he could just do, uh, let there be a temple. There it is. But his way is through human cooperation. And it is the same uh, today for the building up of the body of Christ. The Lord needs our cooperation. As it turns out, it will probably just be the overcomers that really do render the Lord that cooperation. So, saints, I ask you again, will you be an overcomer? Get out of your mind this thought that, you know, the overcomer is some big, you know, giant. Christian, you know, when we, when we go to Huntsville, you know, there's a big statue of Sam Houston. It's huge. You know, and you might think, whoa, you know, the overcomer there, you know, big, it matter if he's up north, Paul Bunyan and, and the blue eyes, you know, no. Actually, the overcomers, are normal Christians. Saints, it is normal to cooperate with God's operation. That's normal. That's not super. It's normal. 
Firstly, you need to see what God's operation is to build up the body. Then you need to make a decision with your being uplifted will to cooperate. God is operating. We need to cooperate with him. What's the big part? It's God's part. God's part is the big part. But without our part, it's a no-go. And you know, the Lord God is very, very patient about it. When the Lord Jesus was speaking to John, the book of Revelation, you know, at the end, he said, I come quickly. Surely the Lord's hope at that time were that the saints would cooperate. <laughs> right? Spare in the bride, say, come, you know, and, the, and he would come and so forth. But here we, we're still here. Until the Lord God gets the cooperation from man. This age will go on. If he doesn't get the cooperation, this age will just keep on going. Of course, God is sovereign. This age keeps on going. God saves more people. <laughs> he gets more glory. Amen. Have to believe that the Lord wants to come back. Amen. And we went at some lengths earlier this weekend to indicate by looking at departure of the glory of God from the temple and from Jerusalem. How reluctant the Lord was to leave. You know, some feeling there. Some lingering there. So, he wants to come back. This is a motivation to us, saints. This must be a big motivation to us. On the one hand, positively, the Lord wants to come back. Negatively, the age, the corruption, the, the decadence, the perversion, sorry, the Lord wants to come back. Both of these should work on us to produce urgency in our cooperating with the Lord. Well, saints, uh, I'm going to get into this last outline now so that I can get out of it. And so, so, so that you could uh, share some more. Your sharing has been very good for the most part. Now, number five, this is quite a, quite a title, Roman numeral five, to cooperate with God's operation. We must have an aggressive desperation. This is Brother Lee's utterance. An aggressive desperation in order to experience the glory and joy of bearing fruit. Glory for the Father, joy for the Son, and for the many sons. 
who cooperate with him by bearing fruit. Saints, you want to experience the glory and the joy clearly laid out for us. We need to bear fruit. Oh, you know, God, uh, he desires many sons, many brothers for Christ, many grains. This is God's thought. Many, many, many. You know, our thought might be very small, 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 but God, many, 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 many. We need to change our attitude, saints. (laughs) You know, Brother Lee said, concerning our meetings, we need to go from big, that is strictly in the hall, to small, that means in the home. 80%. But concerning our view, we need to go from small to big. As far as what the Lord wants, the Lord wants many, many sons. You know, this phrase, aggressive desperation, not just desperation, but aggressive desperation. You know, desperation, you're just Oh, 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 you know, I'm, I'm just desperate about something. Uh, but aggressive desperation implies action. Aggressive desperation. You're not just desperate. You are doing something. There's some action to go along with your desperation. So we have something more here than a feeling. We have action. And the aggressive desperation is in order to experience the glory and joy of bearing fruit. It's like bearing fruit. I don't want to hear about that. Well, the Lord wants to talk about it. Because in John 15, in verse 16, the Lord Jesus said, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. For what purpose? I have chosen you and have set set you. You know, what does that imply? That goes along with the imagery in John 15. To set us means to put us in the vine. You haven't chosen me. I have chosen you. And I, you know, we used to translate uh, ordained you. It sounds religious, right? right, right? You know, it's ordained. You're like, mm-hmm. Well, maybe there's something along that line. I don't know. But our recovery version translates it correctly, I believe. And the Lord has not only chosen us, but set us. For what reason? Bear much fruit. Uh, This is not my idea. This is the Lord. 
his choosing of you. Saints, listen to me. His choosing of you and his putting you into himself is for a purpose. That you would go forth. Not stay home. You would go forth. You know, the Lord, that's what the Lord did. And that's what we need to do. Go forth and do what? Bear fruit. And what? that fruit. And that your fruit should remain. Saints, we all received a definite charge from the Lord. And until we're in it, accomplishing what he set forth for us, we will not experience the glory and the joy of bearing fruit. So the Lord be merciful, saints, to all of us. You know, Brother Lee over and over said to be barren. You know what barren means? I'm not talking about barren and Baton Rouge. Barren, B-A-R-R-E-N, means unproductive, fruitless. Barren. And Brother Lee said that absolutely is wrong. And we should not be barren as Christians. It's not okay. It's not okay. Oh, you're not barren. Oh, that's okay. Just go to the next conference. You know, Lord, forgive me. You know, we have this kind of attitude. To be barren, according to John 15, is not okay. Earlier in the chapter, it said, if you're not bearing fruit, what happens? You get cut off from the vine. Does that mean you lose your salvation? No, it means you're cut off from the vine. Who is the vine? That means you are cut off from the enjoyment of the rich sap of the divine life. That's what that means. And you could drive your conscience saying, oh, I'm enjoying. Uh, you know, you read. <laughs> you should read the training and practice of the vital goods. And I think it's chapter three or two. It talks about three enemies. And the three enemies, one of them is barrenness. And, you know, Brother Lee was really strong there. He was talking about, you know, you may think you're in the enjoyment. But he said, if you're not bearing fruit, he said, I question your enjoyment. And, you know, I illustrated in, in, in the past, you know, you well, I enjoyed a number of points, you know, from the train. Good, you should. But if that's the extent 
of your so-called enjoyment. Brother Lee said, I question your enjoyment. It is not according to John 15. John 15 talks about an enjoyment, and we pray read the verse, that is marvelous. <laughs> My joy in you. Whose joy? That is the Lord's very, what? What must that be? Have you experienced it? <laughs> maybe, maybe not. I think once you do, you can never be the same. My joy may be in you. That is the joy of the triune God. What must that be? My joy may be in you, and your joy may be half full. Your joy may be made full. What is this? What kind of a joy is this? I think we would be. And the Lord would say, It's way back. Enter into the joy of Think about it. Saints, do you have that? Oh. No, we don't. We need to be honest. Lord, have mercy on us. We don't want to say, well, well, you know, be political with the Lord. Just be honest. Lord, this is not me. I don't agree with it. I don't want it. I come to you. I open to you. Lord, grant me an aggressive desperation. That's right, brother. A desperate desperation. Aggressive desperation. Well, I'd like to, as we're beginning now to go through the outline, I'd like to read you some quotes where Brother Lee was trying to help the saints to allow the Lord through his speaking to touch the saints regarding this matter of bearing fruit. And please don't wave me off as I'm fellowshipping this. You do, if you do, you do so at your own risk. We don't bear fruit, we're cut off. Not only that, you know, they, we're dried up and just good for burning. Doesn't mean we're gonna lose our salvation, but we will lose the enjoyment of the vine. We will be cut off from the enjoyment of the pie. Not only in this age, but because we're careless in this age, we would miss it again the next age. Well, let me read these quotes. This is number five on your uh, your sheets of quotations, and I'm going to read the three of them. And may the Lord speak to you as I read them. 
This is under the heading, Aggressive Desperation. <laughs> I didn't dream this up. <laughs> Listen, for years, many of us have been drugged person. A person who is drugged is numb. He does not have any feeling. Some of us did not bear any fruit for 20 years, yet still felt that we were okay. Many of the churches have been under a drug situation for years. This is Brother Lee talking. We all have been meeting in our localities week after week and year after year with hardly any increase. Saints, I repeat something I said earlier, increase is a life matter. That we have been meeting with hardly any increase. We need to be warned to wake up. We have been wrong. Any branch that does not bear fruit will be cut off. Is this not serious? Saints, could you answer that for me? Is this not serious? Yes, surely this is serious. Then going down a little bit, good to read the whole thing, but we don't have the time. The underlined portion, I hope that you would be impressed with the seriousness of not bearing fruit. Any branch that bears no fruit will be taken away. You may have been taken away unconsciously already. Under your drug situation, you may say that you enjoy Christ, but where is the enjoyment if you have not borne fruit? and have been cut off from the vine tree. In other words, what is your quote, quote, enjoyment? Some psychological thing, perhaps? How could you enjoy the vine tree if you're cut off? This is solemn. And then one more portion at the bottom of the page. Oh, this is Brother Lee sharing from his heart. He says, saints, wake up. As a brother among you, I am shouting, sounding, and even crying to you. You have to wake up. If the Lord is real and the Bible is a true book, it is solemn and serious to be a Christian without bearing fruit. You may have been cut off, taken away already. This is why you may not have had any enjoyment of Christ for years. Real enjoyment. You got cut off from him. We may have been in the Lord's recovery for many years, but what have we been doing? 
We may have been carrying out things in a drugged way, and we may even be drugging others. Saints, is this not serious? I don't need to shout. Read it. Point A. We must wake up, as we just read, from our numb situation and see We must wake up and see that bearing fruit is a very serious matter. You know, saints, I could just shut up, not come to Jackson and, you know, just not talk about this. But I just can't. I can't. Because I'm, you know, we're all going to see the Lord. Somebody's got to say it. Without bearing fruit, no fruit bearing is a serious matter with consequences now and in the next age. You got all the verses. You don't bear fruit, you're taken away. Taken away from what? The vine. Who is Cast out. You know, in verse six, it talks about being cast out. <laughs> That means cut off from the participation in the riches of the life of the vine. Not eternal perdition, once again, but we lose the enjoyment of Christ as our portion today. Plus, in the coming age, not only do we lose the enjoyment, but we would be disciplined. I don't know how the Lord knows. I'm just presenting to you what the word says. Subpoint one, to have an aggressive desperation, we need to wake up and be crazy. <laughs> be crazy. Like a person in a burning building willing to jump out of a window. That kind of desperation, if I stay here, I'm gonna get burned. If I jump out, I might get hurt, right? But I'm gonna take my chances because I sure don't wanna burn. We're not like this, though. We like our comfortable routine. Saints, the Lord is here this weekend to interrupt any comfortable routine. Number two, our attitude should be to do anything and everything that it takes to get someone saved and baptized. Saints, I, don't, I know this is not where we are, but we need to beseech the Lord. Like that verse says, 
the fields are white. And then he said, siege, you know, that's a very strong word. That's not just, well, Lord, you know, just Lord, Lord, thrust me out into the harvest, into these people you created to contain you, but they don't right now. Lord, thrust me out. We need to be sage. Do anything and everything it, that it takes to get someone saved and baptized. We need to pray for this. Saints, only the Lord, I think, can come in and clear our vision and give it this kind of a desperation. He wants to. He just needs your okay. Three, we should not say that there is no way. There is a way. And the Lord has shown us the way. Called the God ordained way. He has dedicated this way. He has cut this way. He is the way. And he has shown us the way practically with the God-ordained way. And I say again, not just, all right, we're going to go out door to door. Yeah, you could go out door to door as a blocked well. Might not be bad. <laughs> that might help you to, to do, you know, when you go into a brick wall that might urge you to dig out your well. But, saints, you know, it's a, this is where some saints uh, in the uh, 1980s, they heard about what was going on in, in Taiwan. I was over in Taiwan for a couple of weeks going up and down the stairs, preaching the gospel and baptizing people. I was there. I enjoyed it. You know, but, you know, the people on the West Coast of the United States, especially, sorry, you know, the West Coast. <laughs> and they go, wow, we could do that. We could do that. We could go out, knock on doors, you know, get people baptized. You know what they forgot? Or they passed over? You need to be vitalized. You go to the Lord. You know, we all want a way, quote, quote. And if you give us a way, we really don't need to go to the Lord. And so what happened is, after a few weeks, they burned out. And they began to tell people, God-ordained way, that doesn't work. So the God-ordained way got a bad press. Lord, recover it. Lord, bring us into it in a proper way. It begins with you and me going to the Lord personally to be shined on and to deal, dig our well, dig our well. Amen, Lord. The more you dig, you know, the more the water begins to flow, the more you are oh, uh, encouraged to do more digging. Oh, and then eventually life can flow. Praise the Lord. 
Life can flow from the trickle in my heart. No, from the fountain in my heart. Life can flow. See, that's what they skipped. They skipped getting vitalized by going to the law, dealing with the law. Sins, offenses, things, just a thorough dealing. Let the light shine. You don't have to introspect. You just let the light shine. The Lord prioritized the dealing perfectly. Then, you know, you just, Lord, I like to give myself to you again. You have a re reconsecration, right? A reconsecration. And then you get revived every morning because you realize I have to. I, I got to. I've got to maintain this vitalization. Day by day, day. And then out of that, you begin to live a life. Then the spirit will group you. The spirit will group you. He will lay something, a person on your heart, and you will begin to meet together with that person to pray, to fellowship. And eventually, the vital group comes out. Who did it? the spirit beginning with going to the Lord directly all of that was cut out by the people on the west coast not everybody but some and they went right to you know the doors they went to unvitalized people going out door knocking unconsecrated Unrevived. Yeah. God is not mocked. It's good that they had that failure. It's too bad that it gave the so-called biblical way slash new way slash God-ordained way a bad name. No, Brother Lee had spent years, and at that time he was still in the laboratory. To find out how we should have the church life in a non-stagnant way. Well, I don't know how I got into that, but saints, we need to pray regarding this. There is a way. There is a way. The Lord is the way. And practically, the Lord's servant provided with us with a blueprint, which we have ignored up until now. Four, listen to this. We may be good saints. I think everybody here would consider themselves, you know, good saints. Not doing anything wrong. Not losing anything. Keeping what the Lord has given us throughout the years, right? Just maintaining the status quo. 
to most, this seems good enough. You know, to many, if you were to poll the saints in the Lord's recovery and, and you know, uh, the things that I just mentioned, you know, they would check that. I said, yeah, that's pretty good. That's where we are. That's what we're doing. It's pretty good. Not doing anything wrong. <laughs> See, we're in right and wrong. This is good enough. Now I want to read quote number six, because to the Lord, it's not good enough. Quotation number six on your sheet. And please answer when I read. Well, I feel like I'm in Zachariah with the rustling of the leaves. Okay. Do you believe that the Lord is real? Yeah. Do you believe that he will come back? Yeah. Do you believe that one day he will ask you to give an account? Yeah. The yes was not quite as strong. But it's a yes. Why are you not solemn? If you believe all that, why are you not solemn? Why are you not serious? Why are you not desperate? Will you just keep what the Lord gave you and not go back to the world and stay away from sin? You may be a good Christian coming to all the church meetings and keeping all that the Lord has given you. But in this parable, and Brother Lee here is talking about Matthew 25. We read some of the verses this morning. In this parable, the Lord said that he wants at least, I'll insert, to recover what is his with interest. This should be enough to cause us to be desperate. You know, if we're one talented members, which most of us are. Do not say that it is too hard, that the opposition is so prevailing. This is just an excuse. This is like telling the Lord that he is a hard man. That's what that one talented member told the Lord in the parable. Reaping where he did not sow and gathering where he did not winnow. You may take this excuse, but the Lord would never take it. The Lord will take your excuse as a condemnation to you. It is quite possible that we could be this slothful slave. To be a good saint and so forth, which we listed in the previous point, now I'm on five, this is not sufficient. The Lord wants interest. And again, saints, I like to ask you, 
What does the Lord want? Money. <laughs> you know, the parable talks about interest. Yeah, that's right. He wants people. He wants you to bear fruit. And he wants you to shepherd and perfect the saints. That's interest to the Lord. You should take my talent to the money changers, the Lord said. And who are the money changers? The saints. The Lord wants interest, the fruit. He wants the fruit. He will ask concerning this at his appearing. You believe the Lord is coming back? <laughs> Some of you are just looking at me. Probably thinking you already asked that six times. He will ask concerning this at his appearing. And Paul, the apostle, knew this. He knew that the Lord is going to check with all of us at his appearing slash judgment seat. So Paul, in point six, solemnly charged Timothy by the Lord's appearing and his kingdom. That implies judgment seat. That's 2 Timothy 4.1. He charged Timothy. It's very interesting. If you read uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 4. To proclaim the word. Proclaim the word. Not just study it. Proclaim it. Saints, we need to proclaim the word. That's verse 2. And to do the work of an evangelist. He selected that, Paul. Do the work of an evangelist. What does an evangelist do? He preaches the gospel. Yeah. Proclaim the word, preach the gospel to the unsaved. Paul charged Timothy by these things, the Lord's appearing and his coming kingdom. In other words, the judgment seat to uh, Timothy in view of, of what is coming. The Lord is coming. Timothy, you need to proclaim the word. Break out of any status quo. Timothy, proclaim the word. Timothy, do the work of an evangelist. Amen. Timothy. Oh, the Lord is coming. His kingdom is going to come. How will you relate to the kingdom? When the Lord appears, there's no more time for service. That's it. The end. Now the Lord evaluates. You understand what I'm saying? Saints, it's still today. It's still today. Today is the day of salvation. 
It's still today, but one day it won't be today. This is a very sober word, very serious. You want me to stop now? Mm, not everybody said no. <laughs> to me, this is quite something. Paul charged Timothy by what? Very particular. By the Lord's appearing and his kingdom. And he charged him to do what? Proclaim the word. Proclaim the word and do the work of an evangelist. Seven, we need to be serious. This will keep us from backsliding and being slothful. We need to be serious. We need to pray. Saints, I'd like you, by the Lord's mercy, <laughs> after the conference is over, instead of just depositing these outlines wherever they get deposited, hopefully not in the wastebasket, to turn the points of the outline to prayer. Turn the points of the outline. I mean, all the, uh, the whole outline. It's actually one big outline. Turn it to prayer. Lord, I need to be serious. Lord, I have to admit, I'm not that serious. Lord, I need to be serious. Lord, I need an aggressive desperation. Point H, may we all be serious and aggressively desperate. You know, Brother Lee said a number of times, you know, we're talking about these verses that, you know, a little uncomfortable, Matthew 25, John 15, verses 2 and 6. Brother Lee said, this is the word of God as much as John 3, 16. Yeah. That's the word of, of God. This is the word. Don't be selective. I'll amen that, but I won't amen this. You do so at your own risk. May we all be serious and aggressively desperate. That, and again, aggressively desperate implies action. We had a, a, a message to rise up and take action. Do something together with your prayer. I think out of your prayer, you will do something. One day, he will see us. And we will meet him. Think about it. Since one day. He will see us. And we will need him. Yeah. You know, we used to sing songs in the past about, you know, when we see the Lord, you know, this and that. Uh, but um, we're going to see him initially at the judgment seat. He will see us. Oh, this really touches me. 
he will see us. And we will see him. Saints, you need to live under that light. One day he will see you. And you will meet him. Last quote, number seven on your sheet. Back to Zechariah. Uh, let me just read it while you're rustling away there. One day he will see me. And I will meet him. In his appearing, I have to give him an account. And listen, he will decide whether I will receive a reward or a punishment in the coming kingdom. It is a solemn thing. In a brotherly battling, just like we are this weekend against the kind of a flippant attitude among so many of the saints. They're not solemn. They're not serious. It is a solemn thing. Do not think that it is all right if you do not bear fruit for years. It's not all right. I hope that this word will stir up your aggressive desperation. As a human being, listen to this. I must believe in the Lord Jesus. As one of his believers, I must love him. And as one who loves him, I must bear fruit. This is serious. No need to say at his coming, at his appearing, even today, if I do not bear fruit, he will cut me off. Take me away, listen, from all his riches. From all his supply, from all his enjoyment. Then at his coming, I will surely suffer loss. We have 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Every man's work will be tried through fire. I will have to suffer punishment. For 1,000 years in the manifestation of the kingdom. While others are enjoying, I will be suffering. That in itself is a punishment. Number nine, we will have to give an account. And he will decide. Point nine, he will decide whether we receive a reward or a punishment in the coming kingdom. This is a solemn thing. Then I like to repeat, uh, and I do in point 10, what I just read to you. Let's all read it together. This is serious. 
we come to being. The first crucial item of God's operation on earth is gospel preaching. Read the New Testament. First thing. I mean, John the Baptist, right? Repent. The kingdom has drawn near. And when we talk about God or gospel preaching, we're talking about the biblical way, the God-ordained way of preaching gospel. In other words, it's not mere soul winning. It's gaining members for Christ. That's what we're doing, right? What are the overcomers doing? They're building up the body of Christ. To build up the body of Christ, what do you need? Members. New members. More members. Not just the same members. We treasure the same existing member. Right? That's us. But the Lord wants new members. Subpoint one, we may like abiding in the vine. You like abiding in the vine? That is in Christ, in John 15, enjoying the unsearchable riches of the vine. And you know, we have him. Abiding in the vine, abiding in the vine, all the riches of God's life are mine. I'm not joking. You know, some of these songs, the direction is just me. I'm sorry to say, the real subject of John 15 is not abiding in the vine. It's bearing fruit. Brother Lee stressed this during his last 13 years over and over again. Abide, you're a branch in the vine. You know, like that is the goal. Is that the goal? Why do you abide? That's right. It's clear. What gives you uh, the Lord's joy? Not merely abiding, because you need to abide. But you need to abide with a view to bear fruit. You see, a lot of those hymns on abiding in the vine there's the benefit, Lord, cover me, is just us. We're the ones enjoying, you know, enjoying, you know, hallelujah, you know, I'm in the vine, me, 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 me. Isn't this the way we are, saints? Everything is just me, 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 me. This benefit just benefits us, mere abiding. It doesn't so much benefit the law, at least not immediately and directly. But, point two, John 15 stresses fruit bearing 
even more than abide. And if we bear fruit, listen, the Father will be glorified. What glorifies the Father? Abiding in the vine glorifies the Father. <laughs> no, bearing fruit does. He will not be glorified. This is Brother Lee's utterance. Little a, he will not be glorified just by our abiding. There's no indication of this in John 15. But some would like to just stop here. You know, they make John 15 very spiritual. Some even would suggest that the fruit is the fruit of the spirit. Is that what the Lord is talking about here? I guarantee you, if you abide in the vine, <laughs> there will be the fruit of the spirit. But what the Lord is talking about, not only here, but in chapters 14 through 17, is talking about multiplication. Read your life study. Look at the recovery version outline. Those chapters are on multiplication for his glorification. Little b, he will be glorified only if we are bearing fruit. That is man. Because only fruit bearing, listen to this, can release the Father's divine life. When we bear fruit, the very divine life that is in the sun, the vine, is released. That is what fruit is. It's the release of the divine life. Amen. That is what glorifies the Father when his life is released. Released, released, released. That is the glory. You know, if you're just for abiding in the vine, that is just for you. What is in it for, for God? You feel good, abide your apprehension, the vine you know, treasuring the sweet flow of life. We have some wonderful hymns about abiding. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying we shouldn't sing them. But do realize that the subject of John 15 is not abiding. It is abiding for fruit bearing. It is abiding so that the divine life that is within us, which is just Christ himself, can be released. Oh, Lord Jesus, only fruit bearing can release the Father's divine life. When we bear fruit, the very divine life that is in the Son 
Ravai is released. Three, as we abide in the sun, we absorb the light that is in the vine, participate in the unsearchable riches of the vine's life juice. And surely we enjoy that. Am I right? Saints, are you still with me? But sooner or later, point four, the life we have been absorbing will be released. The issue, the result of this enjoyable absorbing is fruit bearing. You know, so the view of some of the saints, I'm just like, don't bother me. I'm absorbing. I'm, I'm absorbing. Don't bother me. I'm absorbing. I'm absorbing. You know, but the, the, then the Lord would say, well, that's wonderful. Uh, where's the fruit? We need to abide in the vine with a view to releasing the divine life. We need to cooperate. This is our cooperation. We need to cooperate with the Lord for this release. Lord, I'm here abiding in you again today. Lord, I pray that at some point today, there would be the release of the divine life in bearing fruit. Lord, bear fruit through me. Five, it is in this releasing of the life juice that expresses God. I'm sorry. It is this releasing of the life juice Saints, let's release the life juice. Let's abide, yes, but then let's release. In and out. In and out. Come, go. Right? Two sides. It is this releasing of the life juice that expresses God. Oh, he's so happy. You know, if, we're, if we just bottled up the life juice, you know, well, you know, look at all those bottles, look, all those bottles of life juice, you know, isn't that wonderful? No, what the Lord wants is for that life juice that we are absorbing to be released. This glorifies God. Doing something good for God does not glorify him. And of course, this is a Christianity type concept. You do good, you do good. Oh, that really glorifies God. No. You know, even the Old Testament says all our righteousnesses are like filthy rags. What glorifies God is bearing fruit. Then a couple more heavyweight points. Actually, this whole outline is 
kind of heavyweight. Point six, the increase, that is the fruit, and the enlargement. What is the enlargement of the vine? Uh, yeah, Fred finally got it. The vine not only bears fruit, the vine spreads. It spreads and bears more fruit. Now that's the thing about the vine. You know, here it bears fruit, but then it spreads. More fruit. More fruit. More fruit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. More releasing of the divine life. Hallelujah. Release it here. Release it there. Release it there. Release it, release it. Hallelujah. The Lord chose the vine as a metaphor, as a, I don't know the word to use, of himself. He is the vine, and we're the branches. He has brought us into an organic union with him. Yes. Well, this increase, the fruit and enlargement, the spreading of the vine is the Father's glorification. Hallelujah. Saints, may the vine not only bear fruit, may it spread and bear more fruit. In Mississippi, in Alabama, in Louisiana, in Texas, in Albuquerque. I don't want to skip anybody, but hallelujah. New York, Memphis. On God's side, there's glory. Now, what about on our side? Yeah, that's right. This is a win-win situation. God gets something, we get something. What about if you're just numb? It's minus situation. It's a lose-lose situation. On our side, point seven, to be branches of the divine vine and to bear fruit, to express the divine life is a matter of joy, a joyful life. This is the genuine enjoyment we all want. How about let's all read that point. Saints, let us zoom in on this. This is the enjoyment we want. Point eight, this experience of fruit bearing may make us ecstatic. 
because the Lord's very joy has become our joy. Think about this verse, John 15, 11. These things I have spoken to you. What things? Abide in me, bear fruit. Those things the Lord has spoken to us. What? That my joy may be in you. And that your joy may be made full. Saints, let's put a dipstick in your jaw this morning. You may not even need a towel to wipe anything off. Think about this verse, saints. This is like Matthew 25, 21 and 23. Enter into the joy of your master. Same thing. Profitable, gained people, right? Five talents, got five more. Two talents, got two more. If the one talented man had been faithful, he would have gotten the same reward from the Lord. Prophet, once again, I would say, is men game. What other prophet does the Lord want? I repeat. What else is he looking for? He's looking for men. Of course, his view is that eventually these men are not only regenerated, but they are sanctified. They are renewed. They are transformed. They are conformed. And they are glorified. But before any of that can happen, we've got to gain them. Nine, in John 15, 11, the Lord referred to our joy being made full. In 1 Thessalonians 2, 19 through 20, Paul refers to our joy again. And this joy, as we saw yesterday, is the fruit that we bear. And it's the same joy that Paul was talking about that. Brothers, brothers, what is our crown uh, uh, of rejoicing? What is our joy? What is our crown at the Lord's appearing? Are not even you? And Paul, and, and we read the verse, Philippians 4, 1. Brothers, you are our joy and our crown. You know, in Christianity, we used to sing that, that song, Will There Be Any Stars in My Crown? Maybe some of you young people never sang that. And I heard a story one time, you know, that there were two churches, they were close by. And, uh, you know, one, one of the churches, they were singing, Will there be any stars, any stars in my crown? When at evening the sun goeth down. And the next door of the church, they were also singing a hymn. And the hymn they were singing is, 
No, not one. You know, there's another hymn. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. Will there be any stars? No, not one. We're not talking about those kinds of crowds. We're talking about people crowds. People crowd. Ten. Christ's joy is our joy. And the Father's glorification is our glorification. To Paul, the fruit born by him was his glory and his joy. Hallelujah. When the Lord comes back, point 11, and we stand before him, who will stand with us and for us? Have you ever thought about this? You, you're there, you, you know, you're there, you come before the judgment seat, and you're there, you know, your knees are knocking, you know, oh, you know what, what's going to happen here? But have you ever considered when you come, uh, you know, uh, when you come, uh, you two brothers, when you come before the Lord, you know, instead of uh, uh, one on each side, instead of, uh, you know, you, you just. <laughs> Amen, brothers. This is, uh, yeah, this is our joy. This is our crown of rejoicing. This is our glory at the Lord's coming. Who will stand with us? Our fruit. Who will stand with you? Your fruit. Question. Do you have some? We need to go and get some. You know, the, the judgment seat doesn't have to be a negative, uh, you know, situation. It'd be real rejoicing. You know, here we all come with the, the, the you know, the crowd. The Lord is there. You know, the Lord is there. You know, look at this. You know, not... Uh, to stand with us and for us, our fruit. Last point, this fruit will be our crown. Hallelujah. Well, saints, I hope we will go to the Lord for um, an aggressive desperation, right? We need an aggressive desperation. We need uh, to cooperate with the Lord, with his operation, with a desperate, aggressive desperation in order to experience the glory and joy of bearing fruit. Saints, could you pray, could we pray with our neighbor for uh, a minute or two?